check in with our friend R.W. Estella live on the phone. I believe we have him here. Good morning, R.W. Hey, good morning, Allison. Every semester in a course called Business and Technical Writing, my students devote considerable energies to their recommendation reports. Each of them chooses a group of products or services that holds personal interest and then conducts in-depth research to determine which particular product may be deemed the best according to fundamental categories of collected data, such as basic features, customer satisfaction, product reliability, and price. The project, which counts for a third of the course grade for each student, is not merely an academic exercise. Perhaps the most valuable skills learned have to do with how to be a discerning consumer. The students learn early on how to look beyond advertising propaganda and seek third-party, unbiased reviews and credible studies. Doing this research, they frequently learn that the lowest-priced item is not necessarily the best item. Across town at another college in a different course called Approaches to Literature, I have students who are naturally also interested in the material world. Only there, instead of articles in trade journals or feedback in customer forums, we look at poems and short stories and plays. The poet Ezra Pound held that, quote, literature is news that stays news, closed quote, and therefore the kinds of things that we may read about the human condition and its relation to materialism in, say, Hendrik Ibsen's A Dollhouse, written more than 130 years ago, should be just as relevant today as they were then. And indeed, they tend to be. One connection led to another during discussion in class last week, and soon we had a show of hands as to who shopped regularly at Walmart, who shopped there only occasionally, and who made it a point not to shop there at all. The latter census was fairly sizable, so we continued on a tangential topic of the marketplace. Former New York Times science reporter Daniel Goldman has a new book out this year entitled Ecological Intelligence, How Knowing the Hidden Impacts of What We Buy Can Change Everything. In it, he presents a cornucopia of contradictions, herbal shampoos containing industrial chemicals that threaten our health and contaminate our environment, ecotourism packages that include diving down to coral reefs and delivering residual sunscreen that feeds a virus that kills the reef, wearing organic cotton t-shirts that contain dyes that put the textile factory worker at risk for leukemia. In short, as Coleman explains, we shoppers are generally in the dark over the hidden impacts of the goods and services we make and consume. In turn, we become victims of a blackout of information about the detrimental effects of producing, shipping, packaging, distributing, and discarding the goods we buy. For the sake of ourselves and the planet, Goldman sees an urgent need for us to act geopolitically by creating what he calls a transparent marketplace. Quote, radical transparency, he says, holds the potential to best align what sells with the public good. It change con changes consumers from helpless cogs in a vast machine into a force that matters, whether these consumers be concerned moms or purchasing agents for a huge organization, close quote. Meanwhile, with about 10 shopping days left until Christmas, American consumers still have a little bit of time to delve into the transparency of our marketplace, or at least doing what they might to make that marketplace more transparent than it currently is. Perhaps what would be one of the silver linings of the recessionary cloud, we're being forced to think more carefully than usual about what exactly we'll be spending our scant few dollars on. We'll see, I guess. Morno, Maine. Have a great day.
song Slipping on a frozen lake Saturday 